Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. This is a show all about the writing processes, whether you're a writer, a reader, a fan. I'm sure there's going to be something in here for you, all kinds of tips and interesting things about writing. And it's available to you on Facebook and YouTube under Katherine Taylor TV and Katherine Taylor Media, and also the podcast, Let's Get Writing on Most Platforms. So thanks for joining us. Today, my guest is the founder of Engine Books, which is an independent publishing company in Newfoundland, Canada. It started in 2007, and in 2021, there are going to be 21 titles for publication. Does that sound like an interesting story? I definitely think so. It is. And now I'd like you to meet the founder and um, also an author himself, Matthew LeDrew. And we'll bring you on up. Matthew, where are you? There you are. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, a pleasure. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I have heard about you so many times and I could never spell the name of your company and I was like I have to find this guy and have him on this show because you're doing such amazing things but why don't we open tell me a little bit about yourself because you're like as I said an author a publisher you're the host of the Write Project podcast let's meet you <laughs> uh, when you say it all like that it's, it sounds like a lot and uh, I'm wondering how I schedule my day uh, I started writing at a at a young age, and uh, I wrote in the beginning chiefly horror, uh, thriller kind of stuff. Um, and when I was about twenty twenty three, I uh, I tried to seek publication, and the the answer I got the publishing companies that I looked to locally didn't even read it. They they don't publish that sort of genre. So I I got in my head that there was a niche. Uh, in the local market that could be filled and that I'm sure there are other people like me. So I, I've i eventually moved away from a horror myself, but uh, we started a publishing company to publish science fiction, fantasy, horror, romance. Uh, basically, we, we started to fill the niches left by the other publishing companies, uh, but we've since expanded to publish more traditional Newfoundland material as well. We're coming for everyone. Which, which makes sense. And your experience, I think, is an experience that, that a lot of writers have, that they've put their heart and soul into something, they send it out, and it doesn't fit the market for that particular publisher. And you often hear research very well your publisher, know who you're going to, because it's not that your book is bad. It's just that this is business. And so they know what's worked. They have know what's paid the bills, I guess. And so they're not always ready to take that chance. So yay to you for deciding to create something that would offer some of those voices a chance. And I think when I reading about your, your vision, your mission for your, 
your company. It's it's a bit about bringing literary work, but bringing voices forward that maybe younger voices and so on. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, a, a lot of our work tends to be geared towards uh, younger authors, although that's changing now. Uh, it's changing as the climate of writing in, in Newfoundland kind of changes. Like now that we're getting out there more and we're getting more publicity and more people are being aware of us, um, we're finding that there are established authors that also wanted to write genre all along, but there was no producer for or publisher for their work either. So we're for the first few years, we were very youth oriented, but that was almost a, a consequence rather than by design because we were new, we attracted authors that were also new. Like when we were mm -hmm. starting, we couldn't attract a big name author. So we ended up attracting young authors who it was their first time ever getting published. But as we've grown, we've got a, a more a healthy mix kind of thing. But it's always been in our mandate, like in, in the From the Rock anthologies that we do, where we do uh, collections of short stories by local authors on different themes every year. There, there's a mandate to have so many people who, like, they don't have a novel out. It's their first time being published, where we, we do try to bring some new talent to the, to the industry every year. And that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because when I went into your your webpage, and let me just get that up here in case anyone wants to check that out, and I hope that they do. Um, when I went in there, um, I, I noticed that you did have anthologies, and I thought, now what, what what is that? And you had kind of a screen where you were bringing, there were blank faces, and then you'd bring forth faces. Is that part of the anthology project or a specific one? You it know, is. tell me a bit about it. That is a, a fun thing that we do every year. Um, where we uh, we like to make a show of it. Like for some people, like we, we like to make a show of announcing every author, uh, whether it's someone who has like is well known in the industry because there are a few like award winning authors for this later latest collection collection that we haven't announced yet. Um, and or we like to make equally a show if it's someone's first time ever being published. So we we do these big like banner like announcements where like there's all if all the names are blacked out and every couple days we'll fill in a new name of the author and give their bio and <laughs> welcome them to collection we do that every year and it's it it's a bit of fun you know what i mean it's it's promotion but it's also fun and if it's your first time doing it then it's um it's it's nice you know what i mean like it's i basically i my mandate with the promotion um of engine is to treat authors the way I would have wanted to have been treated when I was a new author. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if I had signed with a with a traditional publisher in the province and they'd put my name up in lights, I would have been very happy. So why not? You know what I mean? What, exactly. what are you hurting by doing that? Exactly. That sounds really nice. And when you think about it, when someone's new, and I don't know if if readers or if they haven't written a book, how vulnerable a writer can feel putting their work out because there's a certain element of self in there, whether it's opinions or thoughts, or there's always an element of an author in a book. I feel that. I don't know if you agree with me or not. And so when you put your stuff out there, you're vulnerable. Are people going to like it? Are they going to say that you have no future and so on? And 
And it's, it's a tough time. So anything you can do to build people up, build these authors up, I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, this time last year, I was teaching school children. I was hired to go uh, on the mainland and teach some school children writing. Uh, and I mean, don't mean some of them were, were teenagers, but some of them were grade one and teaching them how to write stories. Uh, and they were all adorable and wonderful. But I had a bunch of rules that I would put on the thing, like guidelines mm -hmm. when we're reading each other's stuff. And one of them was all writing is good. Some just needs a polish kind of thing. So we, we also try to be very, um, like I would never say to someone, you have no future in, in the industry. Like everything is someone's favorite book. And, mm -hmm. and to like pretend that that's otherwise is, is snobbery, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And I, and I think that that served you well, that philosophy. I want to, I was on your Facebook page and I saw a post that you recently written and it had to do with, um, you shared a video about Anne Rice, who's famous for her vampires and werewolves and, you know, that game kind of a, a genre. And you said, um, listen to the advice Anne Rice got here um, from her teachers. It's kind of short-sighted and I've heard it too many times. Yeah. So, I mean, that was really you trying to correct that message. I, I spend a lot of my career since I've become a known entity trying to correct that message. I, I find that, um, well, my experience be very like subjective at Memorial University, which I love and I'm very grateful to. And I got my, my Bachelor of Arts in Honors in writing there. Um, and, and I'm not trying to disparage that organization or anything like that, but in the creative writing side of it, genre writing was discouraged. Like mm -hmm. there was nothing up front. There was nothing like, oh, only join this class if you're literary, but they'll, they would take your money and let you come to the class. And then if you tried to write something that was a little genre, maybe a little fantasy, maybe a little sci-fi, it would kind of get shot down. Uh, one person told me, uh, who I won't name, but one person told me, this is really good writing. Don't do it again. Oh. Um, which is, yeah so it's like and there's there there's this system where um because they're telling people not how to write which is their job as teachers but what to write the people who agree and 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 write what they're told to then kind of go through the system and get recommended to publishers that tend to publish people that come out of that system and it's it's very it, it's it's created a very homogenous literary landscape for Newfoundland. Like our, our lit fiction scene looks, all the books look very, very similar and have very, very similar tones. And a lot of the pushback that I'm, that I've been doing in my adult life is saying, no, no, no. I, I would rather like I teach writing classes mm -hmm. now. They're not at Mon. They're just like indie, you know, classes. I, I go with, this is how you write. I will never tell you what to write. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I hear you. Stuff, like show don't tell and stuff like that. Well, you know, back to Anne Rice, I didn't yeah. clarify, but her teachers advised if she ever wanted to be successful, she needed to write <clears throat> serious literature about typical middle class people in everyday 
life. And anything other than stories um, of ordinary people was considered fantasy, science fiction, um, or perhaps romance and decidedly of, oh, I hope you're sitting down in your lesser value. <laughs> and so, I mean, if you, I loved romance and romantic comedy and um, mystery with elements of romance, which I knew definitely was not in the literary genre, but I wanted to look at and write. And I, I looked at Romance Writers of America, for example, huge. They sell tremendous numbers of books. Their, their, their literature is so popular. And that would be in that kind of genre. So it's so interesting. And, and for Anne Rice, I mean, when she really took off is when she realized that this is what I write. This your, is me. Your book, yeah. A uh, couple of points. Your book is astonishing. I, I picked it up and read it, and it's it's very very good. I it's I'd say it's one of the better. Uh, I I read. You'd be shocked, but I actually read a fair bit of romance. Uh, I try to read eclectically. I read because I'm a publisher as well as mm -hmm. a writer. So like I have to read everything in the industry so I know what the trends are. Your your writing's very very good. I I, I put it in like the top percentile of of romance uh, comedy writing and stuff like that. Oh my gosh! Thank you. <laughs> I don't but hear like, that. I never hear things like that. So a little goosebumps. Stop it. But, but thank you. Uh, with Anne Rice, it just always shocks me because I, after I posted that video, just to remind myself, I went back and dug out. I've got the first edition mm -hmm. hard copy of her book on my shelf there, and I read it in a couple of days, and I was like, "This is very literary." Like she's dealing with it's through metaphor. Like like vampirism mm -hmm. in her books are a metaphor for life, but dealing with like. Claudia and the little girl who will never grow up was she wrote that after her five-year-old or six-year-old died of leukemia like right. and it's a metaphor for her grief and uh, all this kind of stuff and like sometimes when when certain people say that like that genre fiction isn't like serious fiction or doesn't count or anything like that I, I have to wonder if people know what a metaphor is the people who say that like are you familiar with a metaphor <laughs> well perhaps not but i think it's very interesting to go and look at i'm going to say the engine books bookshelf there's so much interesting fiction there and fresh stuff like you say it's certainly not typical of any uh region like if you take newfoundland it's it, it's international fiction more or less isn't it really itself internationally yeah yeah for sure yeah so um let me just see. I wanted to ask you a little bit. We've talked a lot about what's happening with the publishing company, but I want to talk about you as a writer. And you've explained some of the challenges you've experienced. So where are you now on that journey? You started pretty young. And at one point, I think I heard you in your podcast say, geez, when people research me and they go back and find some of the stuff I wrote when I was really young, I almost cringe. Because writers evolve too, just like anyone does in any profession. But tell me a bit about yourself. Oh, well, I just got a bright light on me. That's <laughs> we can um, see, yeah, you've got a line. It's almost like sorry. a yeah, yeah, right on. That's uh, all right. <laughs> all right. The sun will go away. But yeah, no, I, I I started out writing slasher fiction very mm -hmm. much. Like it was, I was trying to do like a grown up version of like, the slasher movies that I liked to watch. You know what? I liked I liked horror films. I liked all kinds of films, but I, I, I was very much drawn to horror films and stuff like that. And at the time, um, 
uh, doing youthful reinterpretations of stuff was really big. So like Smallville was on TV, which right. is like young Superman. So I had this idea. I was like, oh, what if I like took like a slasher concept and said, what was that character like when he was young? Uh, but as a result, and, and some of it is this like, I was young uh, and, you know, like, like, like probably hormonal and probably unbelievably stupid, but there, there's a fair amount of violence. Like I have content warnings on my first few books. There's, there's, it's, there's some violence in there and stuff like that. And I've just kind of moved away from that. And it's hard because like the characters continued, like the character mm -hmm. of Xander Drew was in that series. And because the content was so different, I basically like called it a difference. So there's like a series when he's young, and then a series when he's older. Um, and that's the the Xander Drew series. And I'm very proud of that work. So I it's it's this give and take of like, maybe read my newer stuff. And if you like it and you're super interested in like finding out where he came from, then go back. It's right. it's like kind of like Star Wars. Like try the 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 classic stuff. And if you're really interested, then watch the prequels. But like don't just jump into the prequels. You won't have a good time. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's interesting because we do evolve as writers. We do. And it, it, even as we evolve as people, I think it's reflected in the work that we create. So, I mean, that that stands to reason that, that things would change. But I love the point you said, and I got to go back to it, the characters. The characters kind of live on. <laughs> I don't know if someone's not a writer, and we do spend a lot of time um, – by ourselves when we're sitting and these people become very real they become very real to us and i don't think i'm wrong in saying that um you know so i could see why you would want to continue with your characters bring them back i, I like it we have a uh we have been very grateful or i have been very grateful of the um the marvel films because it it educated the public as to something that we were trying to do early on. So we started in 2007, which is, I think, within a year of when that first Iron Man movie came out. And our all of my fiction's interconnected. So, like, we have the, the Coral Beach Case Files series and the Xander Drew series and Jacoby Street that you've read and the Infinity series. And they don't cross over. Like, you don't need to read one to understand the other. But they all take place in the same, like, shared universe, just like the Marvel films do, where, like, Thor and Iron Man have nothing to do with each other, except that they're all in the same world. Uh, we were helped a lot by Marvel's marketing, like, educating the, the, the world as to what a shared universe was. I don't think it would have taken off quite so big, my, my fiction personally, if that hadn't been if the public hadn't already been educated. Because now I can just say it's a shared universe and people go, oh, like Marvel, I understand. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, your book kept me up. <laughs> there were a few nights when the iPad hit me in the face. I was like, I have to give this up. But it, you drew me in and it was thoughtful. I mean, it, it was just the way that you did it. It was very kind of subtle. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something with this painting. And I really enjoyed your book. I absolutely did. I will be reading more. Jacoby um, Street, you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, Jacob, I, yeah. That was my comeback. Like, I, I yeah. went away from horror for a long time, and I kind mm -hmm. of, like, grew up as a writer. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to write horror again. But, like, I'm more mature now. I want to write some mature horror, like, just right. suspense stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, because I'm not, I'm not, I would never pick up a horror. Although I tell you, as I have a good friend in uh, LA with Snowfall Films, Suzanne Lyons, and Suzanne's made a number of horror films because they are relatively easy to make, lower budget, and they market well. People like that genre very much. Not me, I'd be up for weeks. <laughs> but this is, this is my thing with going back to like um, lit fiction. I find the, 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 I find the disdain that they that some people have for horror and for romance um, to point at you, but I can't seem to do it with the mirroring effect. But like, <laughs> I find I find that disdain very odd because because in most publishers, like only locally, are publishers like divided into this like this one's a genre publisher and this one's lit fiction publisher like when you get to like national ones like the big five like harper collins mm -hmm. simon schuster all those they publish everything like they might have different imprints but they can take a chance on a little like indie lit fiction book because 50 shades and stephen king made them billions you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if those two genres didn't exist they wouldn't have the money to spend on an the literary. Yeah. yeah. Those, those books do sell and they become movies. I mean, I've written the movie script for Misty and interesting with my books, my character, another series I had Chappelle Hill and uh, it's more of a mystery, but I was bringing her to Newfoundland where she and Misty were going to interconnect. So as strange as authors we see those relationships and we want to keep them going what about in your life what's been the greatest challenge for you if you had to pick something or something you want to share with listeners what has it been have i thrown uh, scheduling <laughs> there is there is not enough hours in the day for everything i do if i had a like a magic lamp with one wish i would wish for the work day to be like instead of 24 hours in a day i'd wish for there to be 48 because then mm. i could get stuff done i am looking at my schedule right now i am just drastically over scheduled i have like i can't write when i get in the mood to because i've got too much on the go running the business and and managing authors and stuff like that it's sad because you, you start out life as a writer and we because no one was publishing horror or publishing genre we started a publishing company and now there's a few people on our board we have a five-person board of directors and mm -hmm. we're getting big and getting recognized and that's lovely but we're getting so big that i have very little time to write which is the reason i started doing this it's like there's two ways to fail you can fail or you can fail through success, but either way, you're gonna fail a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I hear the dilemma because you're right. Once you get where you are now with all those things that you're responsible for and all those authors you're bringing on in their books and and you need a team of people that reaches a point where if you wanna be writing, where you need that down, that time to think, and you got to do it when it hits or basically every day, if you really want to be knocking this stuff out, um, it's hard to find that time. I get up at 5.30 every day and I have exactly 50 minutes to write, five zero minutes to write 500 words and I do it every day and that's the only amount of time that I can manage to, to crank it out. Uh, okay. but. It took years to get to that discipline level where it's like, nope, 
like like where all the ideas you get during the day for fiction go in a little bank and then when you sit down there's just there you go what I, I know what i'm doing now i take pictures on my phone i'm using Airtable, and i upload it to an inspiration document and then i can go back because you got to capture it when it's coming you got to capture it but for uh, people out there who are listening, who are writers, what he said, there's 50 minutes every day. I mean, that is something that builds. It's better than never doing it or leaving it and trying to do it in chunks. It's the practice of daily um, getting in there and sharpening and keeping your skills going. So that's a great tip right there. I mean, it takes three months to build a habit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. three weeks. I can't remember what it is, but it's three. Like if you, if you do that, Force yourself to do it at a certain time. 21 days, but I think three months is much better habit. <laughs> yeah, but like, You're there. it gets to the point now where I don't need to set my alarm. I just get up, like, because I'm I'm scheduled to do so, because it's been two years of this now. Right. Well, in all this busyness and what you're doing, you also have the podcast. And I want to uh, I want to let people know about that. Again, just take a minute to talk about it. It's called the, the Right project right project podcast yeah w-r-i-t-e if anyone's looking yeah. for it um yeah talk about that briefly uh that was i was approached by chmr which is the uh, the university radio station at mun uh two or three years ago and they were looking for program for the arts community they had programming for various other arts community and they were looking for a a writer to come on and talk about writing and interview other authors so i interview anyone who will come on and talk about writing and usually ask silly questions that I can then compile and try to get a sense of like, like what was the first book that ever made you cry? And then get mm. a sense, like ask the same, all authors that come on that question and get a Venn diagram of like, what do authors in Newfoundland or authors in general have in common? Um, for that one, uh, it turns out like at least half the answers are where the wet, where the, where the red fern grows. Everyone is just like, that was the first book that made me cry. And I'm like, my God, I've got to find that author if he's alive and bring him on and hold him to account for the trauma he's created. <laughs> that is, that is so cute. Um, I can't even think what was the first book that made me cry. I can't. I, now you're going to have me on a mission. Mine was <laughs> Grover's first day of school. Okay. Gro Grover's first day of school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. He, he, he tries to impress his friends. So he, he gives away his favorite toy to like, he's meeting new people and he gives away his favorite toy and his snack. And he gives away everything that like he loves to try and make people like him. And then he's got nothing that he loves anymore and he starts to cry. And that just resonates with me. Just giving away all your energy until you've got none left and not getting any back from people. It's rough. Well, it sounds like he might he might go on to become a writer. Oh my gosh, Matthew, we're almost out of time. I just want to say you're very quickly as I wrap that you are accepting submissions right now and people can go on your website. I saw that posted. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you'll come back again and keep Any us fun. informed of what you're doing and guys um we're going to do a little something on instagram shortly if you want to catch us there and thank you for watching let's get writing I, i'm hope, hoping we're able to share stories and inspiration with you wherever you wherever you are send us your questions and your comments we appreciate that have a great day and matthew again thank you so much thank you let's get writing let's get writing <laughs> 
thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.